Hello, friends, and welcome back to American Steel, another episode where we're going to bring you some truth and relevance uh, about a lot of topics. And today uh, we have a special guest with us today, uh, Mr. Ron Hart, a nationally syndicated columnist and from the Columbia area. He's probably uh, very familiar to all of our listeners, but... uh, and as always, we have Clayton Harris with us here on American Steel. Clayton, how are you? I'm doing well, Dr. Steele. How excited are you to have Ron on American Steel? Ron's great. Uh, he's uh, he's fantastic, and I think our uh, listeners are in for a treat this evening. And Ron, it's a pleasure to meet you uh, via Zoom, but uh, how are you, sir? Doing well, thanks. Appreciate the, appreciate the opportunity to come on. Well, we're excited. I mean, uh, we don't often, uh, we're trying to find more uh, guests like yourself that uh are really kind of plugged into, especially our, our society and our political systems. And I was going to, I read your article today and I was just, uh, I was laughing all the way through it. I, I love the uh, Get Smart reference. Uh, I hope most of our listeners know what that show's all about, but that was uh, one of my favorites growing up. I'm a little afraid uh, they don't. I <laughs> think we're dating ourselves. We are dating ourselves, uh, but they are familiar with this uh, balloon that's been flying over our country doing God knows what, uh, and that we didn't take any action to, to it. I know you mentioned that in your article a little bit. So uh, what is your take on all that? Yeah, the, the first thing is it was over Alaska, right? So they should have uh, identified it and shot it down there. And there's, there's about 12 people in Alaska that were going to fall and hurt some, someone. It's, it, it was just a balloon. So they, highlighted they were afraid to hurt someone, but you let him run, you know, let it kind of run across the country like a French, uh, you know, college kid on spring break and get all these pictures they want to get, et cetera. I think it's just a bad idea. I mean, Joe, Joe uh, Biden's proven himself to be a terrible military leader. Look at the, you know, the withdrawal in, in Afghanistan, the equipment left there, the embarrassment that kind of the, the Americans endured uh, in Afghanistan. So his judgment is, uh, is questionable at best. And, you know, and it seems a little bit antiquated to me that there's a helium balloon if they're putting over our country, I'm not quite sure why they're doing that. But and why they didn't shoot it down later? They shoot it down in South Carolina in the ocean, so they got now they got to retrieve it out of the ocean, which they're going to lose all the data. It, and, and it just went all across the country. Just this doesn't make sense to me intuitively. But um, I don't know. It, it just strikes me as a, a, a egregious error on his part, and not being aggressive enough when he should be. Another another egregious error, uh, Ron. Do you think? Uh, in our time, we've seen a lot of presidents come and go. Is this a cycle that we're in that we have such an incompetent president and one that uh, even his own party doesn't trust anymore? Yeah, I think Trump was uh, didn't have the, the touch. Uh, his policies were good, but his, certainly his political skills were not very good. The country was looking for somebody different, nicer, et cetera. You know, he hid in the basement for you know a year worth of campaigning, didn't come out. Uh, people were scared with COVID. He acted like he had a better answer. But the COVID response... It's been a disaster. It's cost trillions in the economy. It's, you know, domestic abuse is up. People's mental states down. People's businesses, restaurants, et cetera, have been demolished. I think it was a way draconian what they did on, uh, and Fauci did on uh, it's COVID. I think we'll look back on it and say it was a huge mistake. Right now, someone has COVID. I'm sure at your school right now, someone has COVID. You go, eh, it's like having a cold. You send them home. No one worries about it, right? So, uh, and there's probably not a single person in America that, doesn't regret getting the second, third, and fourth COVID shot. I wish I hadn't now. I'm kind of glad I got the first one. But I, I swear, I just I wonder what the long-term implications are of this COVID shot, the number two, three, and four. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah, I was around somebody who said they tested positive a couple of weeks ago, and I was around them pretty much all day in the same room. And I don't, I've never tested positive for it. If I had it, I, I never knew it. But 
Uh, I'm, am I supposed to stay home for five days after uh, I'm around somebody? That's uh, or ten days. What's the what's the new protocol? I guess there is. Yeah, no- I'm not sure. No one even knows what it is. Fauci's gone now. He's kind of kind of ransacked Washington. Uh, I went to a little school at uh, Georgetown. This program up there, and he was he was in Washington D.C. when I was in college. Uh, <laughs> I worked for Bill Brock, the U.S. Trade Representative, in the in the White House, the Reagan White House. But I was up there, and he was he was he was banging around there. He's a, he's your classic bureaucrat. He talks and talks and talks. He really doesn't say anything of substance. And uh, but uh, you get back to the State of the Union, or as I call it in the column, State of Confusion uh, with with Joe Biden. I mean, it, it, he tried to point to his accomplishments, right? Uh, one was reducing the deficit. Well, of course, the deficit is going to be down the year after you spent trillions on COVID relief. So you really can't take credit for that. You got a flat line compared. You, know, you, you do budgets all the time. You got to do a budget to budget. You have an extraordinary item in your budget one year. You can't compare your next year to the extraordinary item, right? Your gym burns down or you have some, you know, somebody come in. So basically he's comparing the budget deficits that he says have been reduced to the one-time item of COVID money that they had to you know, print money and very inefficiently give out to people. The fraud in the PPP loans, the fraud in the COVID relief numbers are probably untold, probably in the trillions of what people just stolen, you know, basically in, in, on that on that uh, deal. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think he's very inefficient in everything he does, and, I, and I'm saddened that country elected someone is basically an Alzheimer's patient. Yeah, I agree. I, it's just... Uh... It's puzzling. It's uh, it's very puzzling that uh, there's got to be per- there's got to be some Democrats that are just uh, beside themselves that he is uh, in charge. He's the one that's in charge. He's the one that we're supposed to look to to kind of regulate everything in our society and make it better. And he can't even yeah. form a sentence. Yeah, he could he could throw his own surprise birthday party right now. And although he did a pretty good job <laughs> to say last night, he did a pretty good job uh, last night. I, it was it was weird not to see Nancy Pelosi. Behind the podium, I just you know I know she left there. But I'm scared Paul Pelosi will get a hold of her gavel pretty soon. No, no telling what he'll do with that. <laughs> yeah, what's the latest? What's the latest on that story? Is that just another story that's going to get overblown and, and then just kind of disappear? It's one of those classic Democrat stories. It just seems weird. You know, if you saw the film, the guy, the police come to the door. They're really not fighting. There's nothing going on. It's boxers. Uh, I don't know. The guy's a call a call guy, supposedly, uh, you know, and a bit of a left wing, right wing nut. Both sides. I, I, who knows what happened there? They, they buried in San Francisco. Uh, but then, you know, Nancy Pelosi, when she left office, to, I guess not last off, left the speakership. They offered her uh, the, min- the minority whip job, and uh, she said to him, "Well, that sounds something more like my husband would like." <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! Oh, okay, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah, it was kind of. I think it's also a barner. Yeah, it's a barner. It's also a barner Democratic district in San Francisco. Minority will, but that was well, she was offered that and she didn't take it. She, you know, she used to be in charge, etc. So, you know, Pelosi's, uh, you know, is you know, faces starting to look like a Picasso. She has so much work done, um, but she's she goes into the you know, of course, the media gives her more than a fair shot. She doesn't, you know, they don't really hold her to task about the terrible things she did in terms of the deficit and this woke agenda that she's kind of pushed across the finish line, left to right, every chance she gets. So I think she'll go down. I mean, history will treat her well because history books are generally written by liberals. But for the most part, the people that are really paying attention realize that Pelosi was a disaster. As, and it really has, has caused a person to divide wide even more than it's ever been before. 
Yeah, and uh, and I hope they at least include some of her stock market deals when she uh, has all in the inside information. If you and I were to do that, we would be arrested immediately. Yeah, that's. I mean, Visa was the big position that she got. There's her husband traded on her information. Clearly, I mean, you don't go into you don't go to a thousand dollar a year job for forty years and walk out with a you know, two hundred million dollar net worth. It just doesn't work that way. Not, not if you're honest. It works that way for Putin. You know, in Castro and socialist countries, <laughs> socialism tends to work out very well for those in charge of it. For the leaders. not everybody else. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I always just want to. If I ever want accurate news, I just go and listen to uh, Don Lemon on CNN, and I just know, <laughs> yeah. I know what he's going to say is going to be accurate. Don Lemon, he's he put a little tenter, temper tantrums not long ago at CNN. I, I used to do a lot of CNN. I was in Atlanta. I used to be actually pretty balanced. This is 10, 15 years ago. They really need to take stock in that company. I really hate to see it leave Atlanta. It really needs to be a middle-of-the-road, fair arbitrator of the news. It covers both sides. But we just have shirts and skins right now. Unfortunately, you got the you know the pre the right wing and the hard right wing uh, type of uh, news outlets, and you got the left wing. No one really plays it down the middle. They say they are, but they really don't. And CNN really could have occupied that space. And the sad thing for this country is they hate Trump. They hate the Republicans so much that CNN is only a really profitable division is their international division. So what the international people see about what's going on in America really makes us look bad in terms of, you know, the, the right. The Republicans are really made to look bad internationally because of CNN. That's, you know, that's really their only footprint that they really makes them money. Uh, they're, they're coming also, also ran in the United States. Uh, well, and I know you probably get, get asked this. I don't want to really put you on the spot too much, but do you think uh, Trump will get the nomination this uh, next election? I'm hoping not. I'm, I'm kind of firmly behind DeSantis. I think he has the Trump policies with, with a lot better personalities, a fresh new fresh new person. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I did the Huckabee show a decent amount up in Nashville. Uh, his daughter, Sir Huckabee Sanders, is, is, as you know, governor of Arkansas right now. She gave a great rebuttal last night. And to me and others, it sounded like it was kind of throwing her hat in the ring. Maybe not for 2024, but maybe 28 and 32. Because she really has the chops. I mean, she stood very strong as, as Trump's press secretary for a number of years. And, and she's a tough she's a tough broad. I, I like her. She has good values, and, and she would be good down the road as well. But I think DeSantis has to be the man. I think that, we, you know, he, he's winning in a purple state. He won Miami last time. And he's got a temperament and, and intellect that's good. He's a Yale Law grad. He's, a, you know, I think a military guy, uh, military, uh, you know, yeah. played baseball at Yale. I mean, he's, he's a sharp, sharp guy. And and I think, you know, the, the, we just need a younger group of people in there. Trump's time is gone. It was a window of opportunity for him, at, well, you know, a brief shining moment in time when he worked. But it's his just his temperament and his ego, his massive ego. It's, just got, it's not getting any better, it seems like. You know, so. you know, Ron, I typically don't quote Roger Stone tweets on the air. But uh, he sent out one earlier today, and I found it rather interesting. I wanted to get your take on it. He said, I told you so. And it's a picture of a headline that says, Jeb Bush headlining Ron DeSantis fundraiser in Coral Gables next week. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, they're trying to pay him as a rhino, a traditional Republican, uh, et cetera. But if you look at his policies, he's taking on Disney. He's taking on a lot of folks in a, in a very tough manner. Florida's well-run. There's zero income tax down there, state income tax. It's like Tennessee. It's, pretty, it's a well-run state. And that's really what you're doing is interviewing for a job. 
based off your credentials. And your credentials are the balanced budget of your state, the, the welfare of your state. And it's certainly multicultural down there, obviously heavily Hispanic in Broward County and Miami area. And then, the, you know, the, the Redneck Riviera, where I you know, spent a lot of time up in the Panhandle. So, you know, those are hard, hard right-wing conservatives up there. That's Trump, Trump country. But if you get into a battle in the uh, presidential primaries of 20 people, Trump will win because he's got a solid 20, 25% in his pocket. That, that's right? what, so, yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, th- there's rumors around Tennessee that Governor Bill Lee may make a run at, at the presidency in 24. Do you see a path for a, for another candidate if Trump and DeSantis really tear each other apart to kind of ride that middle lane through? Do, is there anybody out there you see that yeah. could possibly do that? I don't I don't, you know, DeSantis. Uh, I guess he's a he's a he's a front runner, but uh, a distant person, Mike Pompeo, you know, the, the former Secretary of State, very smart guy, number one in his class at West Point, pretty hardline conservative. But he, his hat's in the ring. Uh, this mayor of Maryland, Hodge or Hodge or something, he's he's you know he's basically a Democrat. He's trying to run. Yeah, there'll be a bunch of people in there. Nikki Haley will be in there. I don't know if the, the, the hot governor of uh, South Dakota is going to run. Um, Christy Noem. Or not. Christy Noem, yeah. And, uh, but there'll, there'll be a handful. They need to have a woman vice presidential nominee, I think, for sure, if there's a male nominee. I think someone like uh, Nikki Haley or, or Governor Noem would be really good at that spot because the women, I think we lost the women on this abortion issue. I think uh, you and I may differ a little bit on this, but I'm more libertarian. I think the government, it wasn't the government's role to – to, to really overturn Roe versus Wade. And I understand pushing it back to the states. I get that. But you're essentially, you know, in 25 states have, have, have banned or made it very hard to get abortions. And women are real serious about this. The suburban women don't, don't want that right taken from them. You know, I'm against abortion personally, but I just don't like the government telling me what I can and cannot do. I like more choices. And, you know, if men could get pregnant, I think abortions would be available at vending machines. So <laughs> all these men are making these decisions for women. Uh, on abortion, I know it's a touchy subject, but I think it cost the the Republicans about three or four Senate seats in the last election. And when you lose those Senate seats, you lose the Senate. And when you lose the Senate, you lose the majority in leadership, and you're going to lose a lot of judges that would see things your way for the next two years until there's a new president and, and there is another election. So I think there was a mistake to go go that route. I know people firmly believe it's a very tough subject. People really believe both sides of it very firmly. But I'm, I'm just kind of a more libertarian when it comes to things like that. I think the less the government tells us to do, the better. Let, let our own personal conscience be our guide. And, you know, if you don't want an abortion, don't get one. But, um, you know, make, make certainly adoption more available and ready. And I, I have no problem explaining to kids, you know, what the, the process of an abortion is, what the other options are. But uh, I, th- I think that was, I think the Republicans overplayed their hands. And that's why the, there was such a narrow majority in the House. And they didn't win the Senate because states like Arizona, New Mexico and uh, Pennsylvania. There's a lot of strong women in the suburbs that feel very strongly about choice. Yeah, well said, well said. Uh, what about this um, Santos fellow, Congressman Santos? What, what's your what's your take on him? I I saw Romney have words with him last night. Of course, Romney doesn't really have any any place to say anything to anybody. But uh, you know, this guy Santos, yeah. he probably doesn't belong there, right? Yeah, they've been really hard on him. You know, just in the last month, both his parents died. Barbara Walters. And Pope Benedict, they both died as parents. It's it's kind of funny. Where's the media, right? So, I mean, here's a guy who ran a campaign for two years. Uh, Where's the vigilant media? I think because he was gay. To be honest with you, I think the New York media backed off of him. 
you know, he threw all the things up there he needed. He was gay, Holocaust surviving parents or something. You know, he's he's pretty much the, the you know the tote board of all the things they don't you know they won't they won't monkey with. So I mean, he got through the he got through the thing. Westchester County, he won fifty three percent of the vote, forty seven. They you know look, they can't deny him a, a, a committee seat until he's you know, right, rightfully convicted of whatever he did. It sounds like he's a mess, but they need to get the Republican leadership needs to get control of the party. Right. This last election, we get Dr. Oz and, and Herschel and, you know, all these type of people um, running in this, you know, and lost these seats. They need, they need to get some party discipline in place. McCarthy needs to do that now and get a really good candidate for that district up in Long Island. Cause it tends to be pretty conservative, suburban New York, pretty conservative people. That's where Santos won. They need to hold that seat because it's such a narrow majority right now. And McCarthy can ill afford to lose one vote right now. And the nation can. And it's weird. This country is really divided. And it always comes down to, like, one vote in the House and Senate. You know, one or, I mean, the House may be five or eight votes, but in the Senate, one or two you know, votes, you know. So it's, it's, we're totally down 50-50 in, in D.C., but one side gets, like, a 1% advantage, and the, the policies are just way one side or the other. And that's not where the country is. Well, I like that McCarthy is uh... – made good on some of his promises about taking people off certain people off certain committees. I'm pretty uh, impressed with that thus far. Yeah, I like him. I think he's, I mean, a lot of people say he's, he's a rhino. He's too soft. But you, you know, look at Mitch McConnell. You, you got to know the back ways, the alleyways of D.C., how things work, what uh, what works, what doesn't work. He is an old hand. He's a steady hand at the, at the, at the helm. If you hear him speak, he's articulate. He, he, he talks the bullet points pretty well. He looks good. He looks like a the picture you get inside of the frame you buy at Walmart, you know, yeah. <laughs> it looks like Mitt Romney back in the day, rock jawed and a good looking guy. And, you know, if he can be a Republican in California, he can deal with the rest of the country. Uh, I, I don't think we need some hard right wingers up there just really, you know, swinging and flailing, et cetera. I wasn't really happy with, with Matt Gates and these people uh, that took him on early on because, you know, that, that, it didn't sound like it was ideology they were working for. It was really just a better committee seat, a better parking place for themselves. It yeah. didn't strike me as something that was that magnanimous that they were doing. So, and, and the country's not there either. The country's not hard right like some of these people. I mean, I like to hear them. I like, I like the, a variety of voices and, and and people talking, discussing issues. And one thing I will say about the Republican Party, there are a lot of discussions and, and voices and debate done within the Republican Party. You've got libertarians like me that are anti-war, for gay marriage. Uh, and, and different about gay marriage, actually, uh, pro-choice, you know, like minimal government type of people. Then you got the, the social conservatives that, that are, you know, the very driven by the abortion issue and other big issues. Then you got physical conservatives or deficit hawks and people like that. And then you got the you got the rhinos, you got the neocons. You know, the Republicans have a lot of different constituencies within the party. The Democrats are spineless lemmings. They do whatever they are told. There's party discipline among their ranks. There's never a, a robust debate about anything. They're told what to believe, what to think, how to vote, and they happily go along and do it. If I was a Democrat, I would be, Mr. York and the like, I would be embarrassed about the lack of, of any. What's the last debate the Democrats have ever had? What existential debate have they had where they stood up and really kind of took each other on and thought it through and let the best you know, the best ideas, the marketplace of ideas win? They don't. They're, they're told by Pelosi. They're told by Schumer how to vote. They follow the line and vote. They raise money for themselves. And they, they have, there hasn't been an original thought by a Democrat congressperson or a senator in, in the last five or 10 years. I, I can't name one. Hey, Ron, we're going to take a quick break here. And friends, you're listening to Front Porch Radio, American Steel on WKOM 101.7 in Columbia, Tennessee. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Every morning, I park my car across the street from my business, and I can't wait to get in there. That's pretty common for small business owners. We have the added satisfaction, however, of guiding hundreds of families with their retirement, education, savings, and general investments. We're a locally owned business that tries very hard to simplify a complicated world. This is Monty Sneed from Caledonian Financial in Historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. This is Coach Mike, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back to American Steel. Ron, thank you for that first segment. It was uh, interesting. I wanted to ask you, and, uh, and Clayton, I want to ask you as well, we know that now Hunter Biden's laptop was confirmed by Hunter Biden that it was his laptop. And of course, there's, you know, a lot of people out there that want to kind of deflect as much as they possibly can. The bottom line is this is laptop. There's stuff on it. The owner of the repair shop uh, found it. You know, you left it there for him to look at. So, I mean, it's not like he violated any of your privacy. And now they're going to try to determine if anything's illegal. Are we just going to keep seeing uh, a delay after delay or do you think anything will ever come of that? Uh, 
I mean, the FBI, if, if nothing becomes up, our nation's changed dramatically. If they can't, you know, if they can't, uh, there's so many things, implications on there that are, that are bad, that the FBI is, is lost all credibility. It's already lost a lot of credibility in the last five years. I said jokingly in the column a couple of weeks ago that American people no longer decide presidential elections. The FBI, the DOJ does because who they decide to prosecute, how they decide to prosecute and what they go after. You look at the difference between Trump's raid, 30 machine gun wielding FBI and DOJ people go to his Mar-a-Lago house and on a pre-dawn raid, he, Roger Stone, too, you mentioned earlier, and also Manafort, get arrested with 30 FBI agents, whatever, for, for these classified documents the National Archives was missing, which is a whole, whole big nothing. And then they find out that Biden has them, and there's no raid. There's a, hey, we're gonna, if it's okay with you, if it's super cool, we're just going to run by, you know, Thursday at 4, you know, to, to check your house. I mean, what, what a different style, you know, that the government has these two people on the exact same crime, supposedly, you know. So, uh, and, you know, Mike Pence had a few documents. They asked all the other presidents. We had documents, and, and Jimmy Carter said he didn't steal any documents, but he only stole documents in his heart. So. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Well, I, I mean, I'm hoping we're getting somewhere with that. I, I hate to see things like uh, Ep- Epstein uh, hanging himself, uh, supposedly, and, and nothing ever happened to that, and then find, not finding out who has actually been to that uh, perverted island of his, and then now this Hunter Biden stuff. It's, it's starting to get uh, more than ridiculous. Well, there's a lot of Democrats at Epstein Island. Obviously, they're holding holding that back for some reason, and you know, we know we know classified documents. Who has those? We have no idea who's at Epstein Island. It's a weird world we're in right now. And Adam Schiff, if he were to, you know, if he were to, you know, first of all, I don't think the classified documents are really that big a deal. Um, there's 1.4 million people with classified clearance in the United States, and what these classified documents, most of them are just kind of really not much anyway. I mean, look, we can't even shoot down a Chinese balloon. I, mean, I don't think they're sitting on a lot of top secrets. You look at the government and these knuckleheads in government. I, I can't imagine them having a whole lot of top secrets. They they, they mark the stuff top secret out like they're so important to scare us to keep funding their agencies because what they're doing is so important. What are you doing so important? Well, I can't tell you. Top secret. Top secret. You know, I, I just I've been there. I don't think they have, they know a whole lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just I don't think there's that many top secret documents there. And, you know, and I think Trump took any of them home. He probably took on the FBI documents on how they treated him, how they went after him just to protect himself down the road from arrest. I mean, I, I'm guessing that's if he did it, that's why he did it, to take some stuff home. Biden had him sitting in his garage where he maintained they were safe. And the hypocrisy of that whole thing, Biden getting down, getting out, right, you know, wagging his finger at Trump for still, you know, taking documents home. Yet he had him at the, at the Biden Penn Center. He had him in, uh, in his garage, you know, and by the way, his two beachfront homes in Delaware, that's another thing like Pelosi. How do you get the money for that? Here's a lifelong public servant who believes in global warming, that somehow the, the ocean is going to rise up, yet he and Obama have oceanfront homes right yeah. there on the ocean at sea level. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the hypocrisy is huge there. It is. It's it's very huge. Uh, I've always wondered how they make so much money doing that, but I guess we already know how they make that much money. I, uh, the big guy. I'm, I'm a former. I retired as a police officer down in Florida uh, after ten years, um, and I've seen some things in my time as a as a police officer. But the things I'm seeing in the last decade, specifically like what happened in Memphis, that was just some uh, really bizarre, uh, ridiculous uh, action by those police officers. I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, my dad was a policeman as well. Uh, I just can't imagine. 
they would do that unless there's some other underlying thing. Either he was seeing a girlfriend or one of the Scorpion Unit guys, or there's some vendetta about by, by, and by the the drug dealers there in town, the gangs in there in town. There's there's rumors around in Memphis that, that after after uh, George Floyd and and uh, the the Wendy's guy, uh, Rayshon Brooks in Atlanta that, that they really want more African Americans in the police force. A lot of white guys left because you know they're just not backed by the mayor. And every time you turn a corner with a gun, you, you either gonna get killed or you could be you know sued to death or you know put in jail for making a, a snap decision that's wrong. In the moments, a lot of people left the, the police force in Memphis, and what filled their void was a lot of people that weren't that qualified. And they, they lowered the qualifications uh, a good bit to get people in there. So the gang members, the, the rumor is, the, the the theory is, the gang members put a few people in there to kind of watch the you know, become their kind of heavies. To be, to be you know, implanted there to help the gangs, and there, there's some talk that maybe it's a gang payback type of beating. I don't know. It certainly seemed unmeasured. Nothing, you know, he, he did run, you know, uh, initially, and they called him the second time around. The first set of cops I thought were very nice to him, as nice as they you know, could be. There was a little, you know, pull him out of the car or whatever. But I think he knew it was coming. Coming. I think he, he think he knew these cops were coming after him. So there's 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 more to the story, is what I'm guessing. Doesn't say a lot about their background uh, process, uh, checking background for uh, police officers these days. Is that right? Yeah, it's just it's got lowered because right, who wants to be a police officer today? I mean, all, I mean you're not back to the mayor. You're you're sitting there putting your life on the line every day. These gangbangers and thugs have the right. You know, if you you know you you, you can't pursue them if you shoot anybody. You're going go to if it's a good chance you go to jail. You could go to jail for life. I mean, the Rayshon Brooks case in Atlanta, they could not have been a nice to that guy. He's a, he's a felon. Uh, and he pulled the, you know, pulled the taser on them and ran. They, I mean, it, it, when they arrested him, it could have been nice to him. If you look at the videos, but because they shot him after he ran, I mean, that's fundamental. And the mayor didn't back him. You know, the Atlanta mayor didn't back him. And as a result, the Atlanta's become Detroit. It's become Chicago, South Side Chicago. Atlanta's a crime infested um, hellhole that, that I left about about two years ago. I, mean, I wouldn't go back for for anything right now. And when I do go back, I don't feel safe. Yeah, well, that's a, I've been to Chicago a couple of times years ago, and I enjoyed my visit there, but I wouldn't go back to Chicago for nothing. That mayor down there, uh, she's got her own issues. Oh, yeah. She, a lot like of that. issues, I think. But, yeah, the whole city. So what do you do? I mean, these big blue Democrat-run cities are, are just disasters. And if a common person can't look at cities run by Democrats for a year, Baltimore, uh, you know, Memphis, Atlanta, and just see how the de- deterioration those cities has just you know just kind of you know, cavalcated down you know down down the hill over the years. I mean, why why would you want that? How and these prosecutors won't prosecute the right people. They're how? they're trying to go after Trump and right. you know people with paper crimes or whatever instead of going after murderers and rapists and robbers. I've always uh, been uh, curious about how people can be so influenced to vote for uh, a democratic city when they see what's happening to that city in all aspects whether it's crime or education or you name it uh, i just uh, it's always perplexing uh that somehow they get convinced to vote that way yeah it's just uh, 90 percent of african americans vote for democrats they're just conditioned to vote for them they can, they're not they don't think for themselves getting back to the Democrats in general, they're all lemmings. They're told how to vote, and they're, they're conditioned to vote that way. Some have, uh, you know, broken out and, and, and been willing to think for themselves and, and try to vote Republican and bring about some real change and speak of, uh, you know, self-reliance and independence and, and not be a part of the plantation, which is the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party takes their vote for totally granted. You know, like Joe Biden said, you ain't black unless you vote for me. 
I mean, that's just a you know that's just a given for them. And, and Trump made some inroads with African Americans. Uh, I think he did a good job in prison, letting some you know, people with marijuana uh, dealing crimes out. Some people that were in prison that need not be. I think that prison system is overburdened and over. If you're unless you're a violent criminal, or whatever, I don't think they should be in the prison for a long, long time. Really not under the situation we have now, the drug wars were a disaster. It did nothing to stem the flow of drugs in America. Uh, this war on drugs, war on poverty, you know, um, you know, war on terrorism. Anytime they say a war on, it's going to cost you trillions of dollars, and nothing's going to be different at the end of it. Right. Well, perhaps Santos is following the uh, Biden uh, career path. I mean, Biden's in the White House, and he lies. He's been lying for the last forty years. Yeah, he's getting so old now. He's starting to plagiarize himself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of elections, I mean. Do you think there was enough uh, to suggest that the election was stolen, or was there not enough to uh, to actually go down that road? Yeah, I'm not one of those uh, that, that's really banging the tables on that. It feels bad, but I've really seen nothing, no empirical data, no 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 proof. You know, I do think the 2,000 mules or something to that, and uh, Democrats don't want you to look over there, but 2,000 mules is probably, if they did anything, that's how they did it. Which, in short, is if those hadn't seen the movie, they make it really hard to see it. Dinesh D'Souza did a great documentary about uh, people that would basically these uh, these uh, nonprofits would go gather ballots, let's say at a nursing home or an apartment building, or there's people that have moved, whatever. They got they gather these ballots, fill them out, and they have these people drop them in drop boxes. So what they did in this thing, they they geolocated through cell phones these these, these same people coming to these. Uh, uh, voter boxes uh, four, five, six, seven, eight times, you know, within a 48-hour period dropping off ballots. And they would hire these mules, as they call them, to go drop off these ballots. And, and they got under Freedom of the Information Act, they got copies of the uh, video of some guys, you know, a lot of guys with gloves on, you know, these little rubber gloves so his fingerprints wouldn't be on the ballots, drop them off, you know, eight, 10, 12, 15 ballots at a time in these boxes. And you only have to do that, as you know, for national election and you know, Phoenix, Arizona, Detroit, Michigan, because Michigan's a swing state, in Philadelphia and Atlanta. So, they, you know, really only have to do, in some degree, you know, Cleveland, Ohio or Ohio. Uh, th- th- those are the four states that determine the election, right? So they, they, they are very focused on the big corrupt cities. You know, Atlanta, obviously, being very corrupt as a part of Georgia, which has become a purple state. Pennsylvania, obviously, uh, you know, a, a, pur- a purple state. And and they go to Philadelphia and dump ballots in there for for a statewide election. You can you know a national election. You can you can sway it in a big big way. Pat Toomey ran for uh, Senate in Pennsylvania a long time ago. He came came to raise money in Atlanta. Bernie Marcus, chair, chairman of Home Depot, kind of hosted a fundraiser. He had a great line one time. He said, "As I'm a Republican, I can win Pennsylvania." Let me tell you about Pennsylvania. You got Philadelphia on the east, Pittsburgh on the west, and Alabama in between. <laughs> Hey, so Ron, I'm curious, uh, libertarian humorist, uh, tell our listeners what that actually is. Well, very minimal government type of person, uh, you know, they, they, you know they, they, more so than Republicans have, have become. There's a, there's a big, you know, the Republicans have become rhinos, big, big, kind of big government Republicans. And they, they, their only moniker is they're not as liberal as the Democrats. Libertarians believe, you know, basically I tell people I'm a libertarian. I, my view is smoke all the. Smoke all the crack you want, but don't expect me to pay for your rehab, and don't expect me not to shoot you if you try to steal my lawnmower. I mean, do what you want to do; it ain't my business. But don't expect me to pay for your, you know, your shenanigans. It's really, truly individual responsibility. 
individual, uh, you know, account, account counting for what you do, and very minimal drugs. We're for kind of essentially legalizing drugs. Like if you're if you're a dummy and you shoot, you know, drugs in your you know your heroin in your arm, or whatever. You know, I, I, these drug wars haven't worked. I mean, they've been a disaster. I mean, it's, it's, you know, drug wars are out there. I mean, there's plenty of drugs, more drugs now than there were in the 60s and 70s on the street. And it's actually more dangerous because of the fentanyl and things that are in them, right? So I think they were illegal and let people, if you're going to jump off a bridge, you know, you can't put chicken wire on every bridge, right? Someone's going to do something dumb. You know, you know they're going to do something dumb. So I think the government has shown itself as incapable of really stemming the, the demand, the supply side of drugs, you got to educate people. It's where the demand side is low, and, um, and 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 also, I just think anytime government does a war on anything, and the war on terror under Bush was a disaster. The Patriot Act was not patriotic at all. The TSA, we gave up freedoms. Bin Laden laughs at us every time we go through TSA screening. Uh, we overreact everything. We're late to the party for everything, and we overspend money, and we give up freedoms every time we do it. The, you know, the, the the FISA court, the data, the you know, the cell phone data information that they got on the on the NSA got on us. We just give up freedoms every day, slowly and almost without fight. It seems like. So I'm more around the Rand Paul type of um, Republican and the more the libertarian piece. And the big differentiator, I think, is, is probably uh, uh, abortion. I'm pro-choice. And I just think it's not the government's role to tell people what to do. And it's really an individual choice. I know it's a tough choice. And if churches and all the other people want to be, you know, against, you know, make, make adoption available, educate people, you know, make birth control available. But, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have the money to raise a kid. And these kids end up being criminals. Uh, they end up being a burden to the system. And if until you're ready to have a kid, you know, I think maybe should be the technology is there to have it, you know, not to have the kid. I know people adamantly oppose that and I respect their opinion on it, but I just, you know, and, I, and I'm pro, I'm against abortion personally, but I just don't want the government to limit anything that I can do. So that's, that's kind of where the libertarians come down. You know, Ron, you mentioned uh, Rand Paul, and I was just about to ask you a question before you mentioned his name. Uh, you know, when I was in college, you know, and th- these college kids today, they're used to Bernie Sanders being on campus. But when I was in school, it was Ron Paul, Rand Paul's father, Dr. Ron Paul, who would come around to these college campuses. And, you know, I, I, there was a big, in my opinion, a libertarian type movement uh, during the early 2000s. And, you know, when he ran for president the two times he did, he, he mentioned a couple of things that, that happened that ended up being true. And I want your opinion on one of those. As you mentioned, the the, the war on terrorism in Iraq and uh, the WMDs and, and, and what happened over there. He, he also talked about the housing bubble before the, the housing crash in uh, 2007, 2008, and our debt. And back then we were talking about, you know, being nine to ten trillion dollars in debt. Now, you know, we're going to be what over 30, 32 million dollar trillion dollars in debt. How do we get out of that? Uh, it's going to be a reckoning. You know, we can't pay the debt. Right. Rates have risen recently to be a bigger part of the deficit. At some point, there'll be a reckoning. I don't know when it is. We'll kick, kick it in the can down the road. But I mean, I don't mind government taking tax money from me and building roads building infrastructure and, and doing defense. But if you can be found in the yellow pages, government doesn't need to be doing it, right? So my, my view of the government is just the very, and they've overreached in so many areas. They've weakened the military. Uh, they've just become a woke organization under these Democrats, starting with Obama, 
and I don't think uh, Trump was able to kind of ferret these people out of there, and they're they're a big part of the military right now. You look at the, the picture of David uh, General Eisenhower. Uh, General Eisenhower, you know, basically liberated Europe. He had like four ribbons on his uniform. He was a general, you know, he had four ribbons on his, on his uniform. This uh, current guy, Markley, Markley, whatever his name is, Millie. he was like, he, it was he, Millie, yeah, Millie. He was like eighty ribbons on his on his on, his, and, you know, he's giving himself, and he hadn't even been to war. I mean, he's hardly not even been to war. Not even won anything. I think we're, you know, you know, we're owing, you know, we're basically owing owing five since World War Two in wars, and uh, so. Uh, uh, you know, it's just it's just become an organization that I fear if we get in a really tough battle somewhere, and we're not we're going to be like Russia is in the Ukraine. Our soldiers aren't going to be up to the task. Well, I've come across a lot of people that really are still uh, patriots for this country. I had some of that. I uh, I know that's in the uh, military the other day. Tell me that his commander told him that. Uh, it's, you know, it's not the same kind of thinking when you let your troops eat before you. That simple task of letting your troops uh, get in line and eat before you. And uh, his commander told him that that kind of thinking was outdated. And uh, that kind of blew my mind. Like, when has it become outdated to take care of your people before you take care of yourself? Right. And you look at the people that, the Hunter Biden, back to the Hunter Biden laptop, when the, you know, there's 50 people signed that you know, New York Times uh Ad saying that that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. About you know about ten of them, fifteen of the of the fifty were military people. And you know how do you get appointed to something? And same with the, FBI, the people in charge of the FBI. If you work you work your way up the FBI, the way you get appointed is you got you got to be a political person. You got to do what the party tells you to do. And you look at the Comeys of the world, the Streck, and and all these people in the FBI stroke, whatever his name was, and. All these nefarious people in the FBI—they're—they're they're all political animals that think politically all the time, and they do the things they do with the blunt force of our government to help the Democrat Party. And hey, I, I don't think the Republicans make the demands on the deep state to do things for them. They're bidding. Look at Lois Lerner at the IRS who went after Obama's enemies in the Tea Party. I mean, they—they they, they basically use government when they're in charge of it. And, and again, do understand there there could be a majority of Republicans in, in the House. But the bureaucracy, both in Nashville, the state level, and in um, in the, the national level, is deep blue. You know, Washington D.C. voted ninety-five percent for Hillary. I mean, that, that's the reason these, these these when they get these indictments up there against Trump and all these other people, they go to this grand jury in Washington D.C. Well, they don't indict anybody. They tell them who's a Republican. Right. It's, it's not a jury your peers there. Ron, right? They, take- they, you know, it's just it's just a, it's a it's a kangaroo court, in my view. Well, Ron, we're going to you know, take. Ron, pardon me, Ron. We're going to take one more break, uh, folks. You're okay. listening to American Steel on WKOM 101.7 FM. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. 
Let's talk custom design jewelry. Did you know Tillis Jewelry in downtown Columbia creates custom design jewelry and has been for over 30 years? From one-of-a-kind engagement rings to wedding bands and so much more. We want each piece to be as unique as you are and create a family heirloom for tomorrow. Call today and make an appointment with one of our designers. And just for calling, you will receive a free 30-minute consultation. Tillis Jewelry, creating custom jewelry proudly in Tennessee. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. My family and I own Columbia Ace Hardware and are so proud to be a part of Murray County. We look forward to serving the needs of all of our neighbors and being your hometown hardware store. We want to thank you for your business over the years, and we plan to keep our focus on delivering quality products like Benjamin Moore Paint, Steel Power Equipment, Big Green Egg, along with other top brands. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee, the helpful place. This is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. First responders know seconds count when saving lives, and emergency response can often be delayed due to difficulty navigating rural locations, congested subdivisions, mobile home parks, and apartment complexes. The Locator 911 is a unique life-saving bulb. In normal use, a porch light, and when activated by you, a multicolored flashing beacon for first responders to help them find you in the event of an emergency. For more information, stop by your local fire department or visit thelocator911.com. Hey, this is George Plaster, and for the very best in sports, keep your dial on 101.7 FM WKOM. Welcome back to American Steel. We still are with Ron and uh, Clayton. And, Ron, in a minute I'm going to ask you a question, but I wanted to remind our listeners about the Dorothy Campbell Annual Golf Tournament. It's going to be April the 21st, honoring Miss Dorothy Campbell, a longtime 56-year employee here in in the school system in Murray County, and fantastic lady. We're going to honor her. We're going to start doing an annual golf tournament. And uh, if you want to play, please contact Miss Christy Smith over at Columbia Central High School. And, Ron, I'm going to give you a personal invitation I hear you're a golfer. If you're in town or if you can make it this sure. way, I'd love to have you in town to play in golf, the golf tournament. I appreciate it. You're yeah, welcome. Miss Campbell was was there when you were in school, Ron. Yeah, I don't remember her. I, you know, um, Miss Ragsdale was my ninth, eighth, ninth, tenth grade teacher and a couple others in high school. But, yeah, uh, uh, Miss Chamberlain, too. Yes. Honors, honors English, I guess. He was, he was such a liberal that he kind of hated to admit that I was his student. 
<laughs> he, he was a character. I actually had him my senior year for English. Uh, he filled in for He had just retired, but he filled in for a teacher that was on maternity leave and uh, quite the character. Say the yeah, didn't he go from conservative to liberal? Or didn't he vacillate between the two? I just remember he had a bumper sticker on the back of his car. It said Methodist for Hillary, I think. So yeah. There we go. Well, that's all you need to know right wow. there. Well, you remember that, so that he must have had an impact on you. Oh, he was a great yeah, guy. He was a great guy. He, he, he loved pro wrestling, too, believe it or not. <laughs> I love yeah, pro I wrestling, but Hillary Clinton, I can't imagine even, you know, uh, never mind. Don't get me started on that. And, and, and people don't know this about Hunter Biden's religion. He was a crystal Methodist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ron, I was going to ask you uh, how you got started or how you got to the where you are now. And what I mean, obviously, I feel kind of like we're we align a lot in our beliefs. Uh, but throughout the years, you've had different platforms to talk about politics and things that are controversial. Have you ever has anybody ever tried to, I mean, intimidate you or tell you to be quiet or, or, or stifle what you say? Yeah, I mean, toward the end of my career in Wall Street, I was at Goldman Sachs for a long time, and then Morgan Stanley kind of fought to do the column, and then basically, you know, they they tried to not give me, let me do the column, and they said finally they said, well, as long as you don't talk about you know that you work at the firm or, or you don't give uh, financial advice, you can do it. And then with you know, in the last three years of my career, these these mostly women, hyphenated name women in New York, human resources started pushing back on my column. Because they were all Hillary supporters, they were all left wing. As you would would imagine, hyphenated names, you know, lawyers who can't get real jobs, so they end up in human resources at Morgan Stanley, and uh, you know, they kept pushing back on the column, and, and they then they said things like, "Well, you can't believe," and they called me one day, so I can't believe you said Robert Burr, Senator Robert Burr of West Virginia, was in the KKK. I, well, how can you say that? He wasn't. I said, "Yes, he was. He was a KKK organizer." <laughs> no, he wasn't. So we had this these are college educated women. Who probably recently produced by the you know the left wing college system up north, and I said this Wikipedia, I mean whatever, and they they were shocked to find out that Robert Byrd, you know the Democrat you know stalwart in the Senate, was a former KKK you know organizer, a recruiter. So and they they were saying that I was lying and that, was, that wasn't true or whatever. My columns, so th- things like that did happen. There, there's been some pushback. You get snarky. I mean, sixty dollars newspapers. You get some snarky, you know, college professors every now and then. You can always tell who they are. They'll write you a letter. Uh, for the most part, though, I think nine percent of the feedback's positive uh, on my on my column, and it's you know it's humor. So it's uh, occupy unique space that you know usually the humor in politics has usually been the sole province of the left, starting from you know the McCarthy era to to Saturday Live to. Uh, you know, every every late night talk show, uh, they're all left wing. Jimmy Kimmel, uh, they're all, they're all left wing, way left wing, and all the writers are left wing. They're all you know East Coast elites uh, that write uh, uh, humor for them. So there's really not a lot of humor on the right, right? So I mean, you can't you know think of anybody real quickly. You know, Gutfeld does it on Fox uh, to some degree. He's not really a total humorist, but he does it on Fox. So and there's a lot to be make, made fun of uh, in the Democrat Party. So it's kind of a wide open field for me since I'm one of the few people actually doing it. Is it, uh, is it, is it correct that you, uh, you dabble in stand up comedy? Yeah, I do some stand up. Uh, I've done uh, about a couple months ago, did, did Atlanta punchline buckhead. You know, it's hard to do that because, Hey, you don't want to be too political because, you know, you're going to get a 50-50 crowd. So you're going to make half the crowd mad. 
And when you go up there, I mean, I, I, it, it takes a lot of time to, it's a, you know, when you do a stand up routine, you got to go to the club, you don't come home till nine o'clock, you're not home till, t- you know, late. It's, it's a tough lifestyle. And I always, especially during COVID, I hate taking money or slot, slots from real comedians who really need to make a living. So, uh, yeah, I love Henry Cho up in Nashville. There's, I got some buddies up there. Nate Bargazi, uh, went to his show, uh, had that I went to his show in, uh, in Chattanooga about three weeks ago. He's really good. Uh, he, he works really clean, uh, apolitical, but really funny. Uh, the Tennessee kid, I don't know if you saw his Netflix special, I'd encourage uh, anybody in Columbia to go see, you know, Nate Bargazi, the Tennessee kid, stand up on uh, Netflix. It's really good. So, yeah, but anyway, yeah. So Huckabee's been a great outlet. I've done got fell and, and a bunch on Fox Tucker, uh, but it's just hard to do Fox. We have to go to New York and commit a whole weekend to it, a whole two or three days to it. It's just hard to do Fox. Uh, it's a lot easier to go to Nashville and do Mike Huckabee's show. Uh, you can just drive, I can be there in two hours and get it done and be back. You know. Yeah, well, who's your favorite? Because I, I I was debating with my son the other day the top five, and I got to tell you, I've seen numerous comedians, but. I think the, my favorite. I think my favorite is Sinbad. He Sinbad's good. I think Chappelle's really on top of his game right now. His yeah, response to the Jewish community uh, uh, about Kanye and what Kanye got in trouble for—it yeah. it was just pitch perfect. I mean, it was a beautiful piece, piece of art. He, he treaded right to the line of, of you know the the Jew, uh, Jewish Jews being in control of things, etc what Kanye said and kind of defended Kanye to some degree, but did it beautifully eloquently and made you really think about things. I'd encourage anybody to Google Saturday Night Live, David Chappelle uh, opening after the Kanye thing. He's really funny, but he's also very poignant yeah. and did a great job there. Uh, Bill Burr, I think is really funny, uh, kind of down to earth and really funny. And, and of course, Nate Bargazi is my other one. I like Henry Cho from Nashville. You know, yeah. people don't know him much. He's an Asian comedian. He said he's from the South and he's Korean, so he's South Korean. He went to Knoxville. So. Yeah. <laughs> you, you t- oh, yeah. I've seen him on thing on uh, TikTok or on uh, YouTube videos. I like the Chappelle bit where he talks about Trump and Hillary's debate when he said, I, hey, uh, you know, you're the one that uses them. If uh, you make it against the law, I wouldn't use them, but I'm going to use them. Talk about the tax code. Yeah. Tax code. Drink. Yeah. Tax code. Yeah. Drop the mic yeah. on that one. Yeah. He goes, yeah. And he says, Trump's the only guy that came out and said, yeah. It's Rick, and I, I know it's Rick, but I do it every day. And he went back inside and kept doing it again. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you need someone like that to, to unwind what was done. And we had this debate the other day a little bit on our show with uh, Clayton, is that Trump's tax cut, what he did was a really a middle-class tax cut. I and mean, he really did help. It's one of the few tax cuts that really did help the middle class. It wasn't geared for the top. It, it limited deductions to $10,000 of state and local income tax of the wealthy and it did some things that were really, uh, you know, blue collar centric. And Trump really had those people uh, and done a good job for them. And blue collar people have to really rethink you know, this notion of being Democrats, especially if you're a union. I know there's a lot of union members at GM there. I mean, socially, most of these guys are pretty conservative. And they got to realize the Democrats haven't done anything for you. I mean, anything for you. So, I mean, Republicans need to seize that piece of the puzzle and, and repair themselves with suburban women. And I think that if they do that, and they're going to do that only with crime issues, pocketbook issues with suburban women. They're not going to do it with abortion. So right, right. they're going to have to repair themselves. Nikki Haley or, a, you know, or Christy Nome or someone like that could come along with the Republican Party. The Republican has a deep, their party has a deep bench. I have to say that. You think the Democrats, you think, who can they run beyond Kamala and, and Biden? There, there really is not a deep bench. 
in yeah. the Democrat Party. Buttigieg, a bunch of hacks. Buttigieg sitting but on the end. Yeah. Yeah, Buttigieg's of there sitting on the end of the bench. Hey, Ron, we're about out of time here on American Steel, but I want to thank you for being on our podcast, and I want to invite you back anytime. I hope you'll be a regular guest um, yep. on American Good. Steel, and thank you for taking the time to uh, enlighten our listeners uh, on a lot of things that are going on in our country. All Folks, right. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Congratulations on the great job you've done at Columbia. Well, I CHS. appreciate that. Thank you, sir. I hope you get a chance to come by sometime and visit, see me in person, and I hope you get a chance to uh, – participate in our golf tournament. Uh, Folks, this is American Steel on WKOM 101.7 FM here in Columbia, Tennessee.